0: We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood?
1: Hey, everybody. Uh, if you are a fan of Robot Butt Podcasts, uh, you have grown accustomed to them being about movies. This is a little bit different. We are rolling out the first episode of our brand-new baseball podcast that is right this is the California Penal League podcast episode 1 this is uh primarily going to be a uh Cleveland Indians podcast as you will soon find out everybody involved in this uh this show is a is an Indians fan or soon to be Cleveland Spiders or Cleveland something else uh Cleveland Baseball Club so uh it's going to be mostly about that but we're also going to talk all things baseball so I am Steve DiMatteo. Um, You know me from probably the 14 other shows, and you're probably like this asshole again. Also with me, uh, another guy where you'll say this asshole again, uh, Anthony Fabiano, who is woo, my woo, co-host woo, on Revenge woo, of the woo, 90s. Woo, woo. We're baseball. back at it. We're at baseball. <laughs> you're going to like, this is good for us, because you and I do like four other movie podcasts, so we're, we're branching out here. Yeah. Um, and then... Just to mix it up, because this has been the uh the little brainchild of, of ours for a long time. Chris Slocum is also on the podcast. He is a mensch and someone I've known forever, and is somebody perfect for this podcast because he spends his days looking at the Mets prospect system. So <laughs> I have
0: I have many demons and I hope that I can join the ranks of uh the hatred
1: that is bestowed upon you guys. That's true. I mean, honestly, if even like if you're getting fifty percent of people to even like hate listen to you, like that's cool.
2: Yeah, you're,
0: you're, you're anyway, your anyway, uh, hey, they
1: find us. Hey, we'll still sell them a Casper mattress if they want to come call and you know, <laughs> we'll still <laughs> st- we'll still hawk the product. So yeah, so uh, this being a very weird year, uh, twenty twenty, we wanted to do as for our first episode a recap. So uh, we're going to recap the Indian season here, twenty twenty. In a phrase, it was weird as hell it was a 60 game season with a very Indians like exit from the season <laughs> so at least some things felt normal yeah
2: some things well, never change
1: getting our asses kicked by the yankees in the playoffs that uh felt very normal so i knew that this year wasn't a complete anomaly but yeah so uh, a very weird year I'll, I'll i obviously have some thoughts but i want to uh i want to get get you guys in on this action so just thinking about how weird a year it is. Let's start with what you guys thought was good about the Indians 2020 season.
2: Well, I, I know this is blasphemy, but I actually love that it was a 60-game season. Um, it was really fun, and the pace was super, super intense. I was either watching a game every day, following along, because I live in California, so I don't obviously get all the, the local Indian stuff. So following along uh, every single day, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously what what was good about the year, you we have probably the unanimous Cy Young winner, uh, with Shane Bieber. So that was amazing. Uh Ramirez looked great. He's an MVP uh, uh finalist. And, you know, our, our pitching rotation. Like it looks like it's pretty much set up for the next three to five years. And I'm not as certain that the rest of the uh teams that I thought were just gonna dominate for a four or five year stretch are going to do that. Um, I saw like weaknesses in both Minnesota not being able to do literally anything in the postseason, but also just relying on those like totally non enhanced 40 year old home run hitters on their team continuing to just hit insane bombs. Um, Hasn't
1: Nelson Cruz been busted before?
2: Yeah, he has. He got yeah. busted in Texas. <laughs> like, so yeah, I, I'm sure nothing's going on there, but. You know, I'm not as certain as Min- uh, about Minnesota. The White Sox, I mean, I think they're going to be, we're going to get into this, but I think the White Sox are going to kind of be the cream of the crop next year. But they also made <laughs> the most insane managerial hire ever with Tony La Russa, who news came out today that uh, like literally two hours ago, that the day before he was hired, he got busted for a DUI. And like knowing that they thought, oh, our young, like fun, highly cultural team that loves to flip bats like we should continue hiring a 73 year old who just got in trouble for a DUI who hates all of those things right right uh, yeah yeah. But, uh, yeah I mean it that was a fun implode. year but it was also no that won't that won't end poorly over the course of 162 games uh, but but yeah I think those I think uh, Bieber and Ramirez for me were definitely the highlights and then seeing some of the young pitching continue to improve those were definitely my highlights
0: So, yeah, picking up and not to, you know, say ditto on all of that, that Anthony just said, how about the fact that we were 10 games over 500? Tito coaches, what, five, six games it felt like? Uh, Van Berkelio was gone. Brad Mills was gone. Half the the coaching staff was gone. So there's – I'm pretty sure that, like, my high school, like, JV coach was coaching first base.
2: I saw him out there, yeah.
0: I mean (laughs) – God bless him. I I didn't know he had made the ranks. But truth be told, I think uh, with all things with the coaching staff, they they did a phenomenal job. Bieber and Ramirez are the heart and soul, both in the lineup and in the rotation. Starts there with both of them, if you ask me. Uh, That's even with a Frankie Lindor on this team. So there's my uh, early hot take, I guess. Um, Scorching. Internet, internet come after me. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. As as Anthony alluded to before, the twins, God bless them, they they just pull scrap at that at this point off off the free agent heap. They have no pitching that truly scares me outside of Barrios. I think he had a down year, but uh, that guy's usually pretty solid. White Sox, we we God, we could spend a whole episode about how that's going to work after uh, a month into the season. And if he, honestly,
1: I actually don't even know if Larusa makes it to I, be completely honest like, That's a very I th- good I, point I think with the news that came out and like as much backlash as they got from it, I could absolutely see them literally like doing like a mutual parting of ways easily like, well, he's like, but I, don't, the, I don't need this shit
0: but but then you also have teams in our own division picking a pinch. And well, and, and, Cora, and, Cora, Cora and Gore going yeah. back to the to the Red Sox, you know, just the other day. Well, but um, that's, I feel like those are different, different situations. Yeah, yes. yeah, because but, that's like,
1: those are two good managers that just did some really shitty stuff. Whereas, allegedly, you're like, right, allegedly. <laughs> uh, whereas La Russa is just like structurally and culturally the absolute worst choice you could make. If you wanted to go older, you just like, if you could have like gotten Ron Garden higher, I think he's sick, right doesn't he doesn't he have He
0: sex? wanted to spend time, I thought That's with hilarious. his family and he was I thought and he was not, no, maybe wasn't, I, maybe I was, think he okay. was
1: a little sick maybe I'm wrong, cool. but he cool. uh, he's the guy that if you were looking for an old school type of dude like you would have hired him for the White Sox. He's perfect. Um, Well, here's the other funny thing.
0: How about uh, Renteria could win AL Manager of the Year, get replaced by some 73-year-old guy who's got a DUI on his record, who hasn't just got a DUI, you know, I should say, and hasn't coached in the bigs in nine seasons?
1: Also, I thought it was really funny when Renteria got the nomination. That the White Sox tweeted out their congratulations to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, just ignore it. Like, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> just forget it, man. I, I will say, I will say, like, I don't think Renteria necessarily like deserved to be fired. But I did watch that last game uh, between the White Sox and A's, and that was one of the worst managed games I've ever seen. By him, like like in general, but like what he did in that game where he just like wrecked the pitching staff, like throughout that game and like put everybody in the wrong spot. I was like, well, if you're going to get canned, well, how about
0: about they're finished on the stretch too? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. They had the Indians dead to rights. Didn't he get tossed in the two games against the Indians? Wasn't it back to back games that he got tossed? One of them, at least. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's and such a blur at this point. I, I don't even remember. I, I blacked out on that. I mean, but uh just in some nation I thought the season was a general success for the Indians. And uh, I mean, the young guys, there's a lot of young players that I'm very excited about. And uh I think the future's pretty bright, even with some uh you know, writing on the wall with Frankie that yeah. most most fans don't want to hear that, but I think those who do pay attention to the
1: team on a day-to-day basis uh, have come to peace with so yes and i actually think this year of all years provided some pretty good cover for them when they because you know they're making that trade uh in the offseason because they're going to maximize they're going to try and maximize the return which they absolutely should but this year especially was the year to say hey look does this guy who hit 258 really deserve $350 million, not just from a small market team, but by anybody. Also, he's turned down $100 million in the past from the Indians as an extension. He's turned down other bigger deals, allegedly, from the team.
2: So getting into that later. What's the biggest deal you've heard that he's turned down from like a, a semi-reliable source? I, Chris, you would probably have a better
1: feel on this one, but I think I heard, I mean, I th- I think it was like somewhere around that same number again, like 1-125, like, I, like uh, added on.
0: So I know that that 100 was after his first year, so he had, you know, the one year of service time, and I think that was to buy out a couple of years of the free, a- the, the first few years of the free agency. Maybe I'm making this deal up in my head, because a couple of years ago, I was t- tossing around the idea of giving him a five-year extension that would have covered these two years of arbitration these these last two i should say and then like two years of free agency there's tons of reasons why frankie doesn't do that you know gets him into the free agent market that much later in his career and if 27 28 is kind of the magic number uh for a player you know he's beyond that but i thought the number I was toying around with was like 150 to 160 over five, six years. And, again, I thought I had heard that something like that was was on the table. But, again, I might be making that up, and that might have been my,
1: me wishfully thinking. I mean, it's obviously – it, it, yeah, it's nowhere near what he's what he's going to get. Like, it's no. absolutely nowhere near it. It's just – it's for that. It's for the Indians to save face as much as they can and say, like, "Hey, look, we offered him what we thought but, was fair." But they need to come out and actually say how much they've offered
0: him. They can't hide behind the fact that well, we gave him offers. No, right? I, I've been
1: saying it for a few years. Put put him on blast a little bit. Well, because this is what we offered them. him. Yeah, yeah, he throws he throws them under the bus all the time.
2: And and does the, like, I love this city with all of my heart. Like, I want to be here f- for 15 more years, but they, they just don't want to pay me any money at all. And so, I mean, and and to be fair, the Dolans haven't really earned anybody's trust, but if they credibly offered $150 million over five years, like, that's to me, like, the max of what I would even pay. If, not even being a small market team. Being a small market team, I would feel comfortable going up to, like, 25 million but the indian scouting is so good that you know i'm not you're not going to like necessarily replace him but for that amount of money you know you can do so much so much more with that and so there's so many examples i mean Bryce Harper right there he's making so much and and i mean yeah. Mike Trout i've seen i Mike I'm out here with Mike Trout he's he's amazing but the dude's been in one playoff series like his entire career and he's like and they're oh. not even close yeah they're three starting pitchers away, which is what they've been for four years now. And like two other good offensive players, like the the Indians offense is probably as good if it's not better, but they also have the rotation and they don't have to be playing the AL West with two other like legitimately great teams. Yeah.
1: And the other thing that I always tell people, you know, because I'm very much on the, in the camp of trading Lindor to get, to maximize the return being a small market team is, you know you say the and i think it's valid to some extent is saying that the, the dolans haven't necessarily earned a lot of trust but at the same time this is the most successful team in the american league since 2013 and it's like literally for just a, won, almost the a just decade won that
2: championship though they do like, and, they get, and it, they i get that like i don't care what they do at all like i'm well, just they, like it's like put out toddlers out there i don't care yeah. do. i just <laughs> <right>. want one.
1: <laughs> but at the same time it's like if you it's like okay would you rather be the pirates fan base no no, would you rather true. be – you would not want to be 20-some other fan bases because – Even they're the Tigers.
2: Like, the Tigers have been miserable except for that, like, they, five-year stretch. I'm so glad
0: that you just mentioned the Tigers. And I think we've kind of been dancing around this with, with the Frankie contract. How many times do you see one of those 10-year deals pan off for all 10 years? I mean, <laughs> I, I think Tom Hamilton said Miggy and the, the Mudhens, like, a year ago because they were trotting out. Quadruple A and Triple A type players that had no business being there because they were saddled with his contract, and McGee had a bounce back year this year, to some degree. But like, what Uh, did that do for the Tigers? But but that's still yeah, the Tigers are still garbage, (laughs) and and the Dolans not not to. Support everything they've done, and I have. Gonna some, I, gonna, the, they're
2: gonna love our podcast. They're gonna they're gonna invest in it.
0: They're yeah. gonna they're gonna be number one sponsor. Actually, I have some theories on what they're actually doing, and then oh, oh, you know, hopefully, we can circle around back to that. If not today, then certainly on another uh, episode. But you know, yeah, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the pirates. They they actually have the farm system in place that. Not everyone's going to pan out, but they should be. We should be a, at least our bad season should be 500.
1: Yeah. Well, and like those, well, bar, those barring injuries. Those course correction years in like uh, 2014 and 15 where they didn't make the playoffs, but they didn't have a losing record. Yeah. So they at, were 80 some wins.
2: I look at us as like the AL version of the Cardinals without the the World Series wins.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're built, you've built a culture. You've built a. You've you've built a culture and uh and expectations for especially on the pitching staff for what these guys should be doing.
2: And like, that's also like what's so sad though, Steve, is like the Indians have I know sometimes like they frustrated fans and like I all three of us are, you know, the first ones to be annoyed with management. But if we win those three World Series that we were in where we we didn't get swept in any of them, we were in all of them. Two of them went to like really dramatic. We, bad we lost sevens. in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, but if, <laughs> if, if like, but like, let's play it like play it out though. Like, if you win those three World Series, you're one of the most successful major league teams in the last 25 years. Like, yeah, I, I can right? maybe like, yeah. you got the Giants with three. You got the Cardinals only have two. The Yankees, I mean, they had that dynasty, but you're like right up there, top four or five baseball teams in the last 25 seasons.
1: And I mean, just, just from a regular season standpoint, I actually would love to look this up is like from 1995 on the Indians have to be in the top echelon of, of winning, of, of winning record. So I know they had a rough stretch in the middle of like the decade, but with, with with Acta and stuff, but I, most, but most teams have not had a stretch where they were as good in the nineties and where they're at now as the Indians have, because they had a six-year stretch from 95 to 2001, 2007, and then you have 2013 to 2020. Like That's a pretty large... And even 2005, they won 93 games and missed the playoffs. So, I would love to see that, Uh, but not that that calms anybody down about this team. Uh, I think you made a good point, Chris, about the coaching staff. That was not talked about much at all throughout the season. The fact that Sandy Alomar was just like winging it out there half the time. I, I mean, I like it's like a part of me thinks because we grew up on Sandy Alomar that it's that it's this nostalgic factor. Because if I were to take myself out of it a little bit, I have to question what he was doing with the bullpen I, so much because it was so confusing the roles that he was putting people in, uh, especially in the playoff series against the Yankees, throwing Karen check out there when he did in that, last game uh uh, game two and uh just just the miss nobody had a defined role except brad hand basically so that and that's another story we can get into for sure uh uh, brad hand being waived but uh i I think like you said I, i mean i you know you're 10 games over 500 you make the playoffs at one point aside from that brutal stretch that they had they were on track to potentially even be the best team in the American League, if not the second best behind the Rays. So, aside from like that one terrible week, uh, which equated to like a sixteen-game losing streak, <laughs> in like the, you know, in the regular in a normal season, I was really happy with the season because how can you not be happy with the fact that you have the comeback player of the year, you have the MVP, an MVP finalist. We'll see what he if he is. I don't think he will. Uh, you've got the Cy Young, which will definitely happen, in Shane Bieber. And then you've got a rotation behind Bieber that even after losing guys like Bauer, Kluber, and Klovenger over the past couple years, it's still stacked. You've got Plesak, McKenzie, Savali, and, uh, of course, Carrasco, who will eventually be probably your five if if he's not traded, God forbid. So I don't know how a fan... And you got to see, like, Franmil Reyes pay off. Franmil Reyes is now... You see what he is now that he has that. He had another year in the AL and is facing American league pitching. That dude doesn't just match homers. He he's a hitter and he's a perfect guy to have in the middle of that lineup moving forward. If you can build around Ramirez and, and Reyes, that's exciting stuff that I just, aside from like some of their deficiencies that are year in and year out, I don't know how you don't come out of this season feeling still really excited about where this team's going.
0: Not to mention, this team was third to last in offensive,
1: most offensive categories, and that's with Lindor on your team, who did not, yeah. intri- who did not like this. This season is so different, dude. If if Lindor does what he's supposed to do this season, people are talking about in a completely different way, and they probably even win that series against the Yankees because they don't play them in the first round because right. they would have had a better regular season. They would probably yeah, they playing like the A's
2: or who did the Twins play in the uh, opening round. They played the Astros, who were under yeah, 500. You, you would have gotten the ad because they would have won the division. Yeah.
1: So, again, I don't want this to just be like, this is a, a hell of a way to start off this podcast, is just like, let's find all the ways to shit on Francisco Lindor that we can. But We like I you, mean,
0: Frankie. We like you. We, we really do. do, but we, we understand what's going to happen here. Yeah. So if you take it's, a contract for, for $10 million,
2: take a $10 million a year deal, and it'd be great. Every yeah,
0: Frankie, it, I'll buy a beer
1: every every other week or something. I don't know. We can work. You'll it never out. pay for a beer in Cleveland again. I mean, isn't that a decent enough trade off? Yeah. You know, I it's not all rose rosy because obviously there's plenty that we could talk about uh that was bad, which we will, but I don't know. I, I just I, I take umbrage with I under and, and Fabs, I, I understand what you're saying. It's it, it's if if we're not winning World Series, it's a failure, like from that respect.
2: When you I mean, when you have a team that's good enough. But, but there is something, I, I mean one World Series. There's something to be said about being in the playoffs every year as a small market team. That in and of itself is like a major accomplishment. You know, like I'm out here with Dodger fans. You know, I, I, I'll root for the Dodgers. Like it's, it's fun. I have a lot of friends who are Dodger fans. But like the Dodgers payroll is so insane. They should, like if you're not in the playoffs, if you're not in the NLCS, that is a failure of a season. Right and and so like as an Indians fan, I I can understand like realistically, you know, we're not the Yankees, like we're not even like you know the Astros with our with our payroll situation. But it, so I think it's been I, I'm really proud. Like this season was really great as a fan, though, to, to see that rotation. That rotation's got me so excited for the future of this franchise because. We've all seen there. There are guys you can pick up off the trash heap, like what Minnesota is doing. Some old ass dudes who can just mash some home runs. <laughs> right. you know, there's going to be one guy who the comes Microsoft up, the of the world, right? Yeah, there's going to be party Annapolis, Uh There's going to be one guy that comes up from Better the than Ohio. System. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> there's going to be one guy who comes up from the minor league system who's also going to like do something next season. Like it's not going to just constantly be just. It's not going to be as bad as it was this year. Um, so I mean, yeah. I while I do, yes, I want to. I win, want to want to win a bunch of World Series. I want to be the Yankees. I know we're not. So the fact that we are consistently in the playoffs or right there that last two weeks of the season, that's awesome. Like for the team, because you know we're this is the one team we're lucky that we grew up the time we did. Because my dad's generation, this was dog shit. This was, this (laughs) was 40 years. Yeah. My dad was early born the year that the Indians lost to Willie Mays in the Giants. And like, that's all he saw until 1995. So like, as much as it sucks as, and we got lucky with the Cavs, you know, but yeah, as much as it sucks being a Browns fan in our lives, the Indians have almost always been good or at least interesting. Um so I I am happy with that. And and the rotation, you know, that the rotation's got me super jazzed. We're going to have a top 3 rotation in the AL next year.
1: And yet the Indians are the one team in Cleveland that gets the l- like shortest leash oh, um, for sure. from fans. And and I will never ever understand it. I I do not get. I I think it's a warped. I think it's almost like what you're saying, the fact that our generation grew up in the 90s on the Indians being good that there has apparently there's some assumption that we have to always be 1995 and we have to spend like the Yankees because there's no other option. Even though you see teams like Oakland makes the playoffs all the time. The Rays just went to the goddamn world series. And also the Royals went to two world series in a row in a row and won one. And then we also went to one in 16. So where's the argument that a small market team can't do, can't compete against the big market teams. It's like, insane to me that this is still an argument that people have. Well, I think the only
0: thing, as Fab said, with the Dodgers, you know, those payrolls guarantee you a playoff spot. They don't guarantee you anything in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. I mean... We saw that with the Nationals last season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the Dodgers, they've only won the one. That's true. And and it was against...
0: And then it it looked like a scene from uh, Blade Runner afterwards. With all the fireworks and fire, I think still billowing in the mountains. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, good for them. Good for them. I'm glad they got their their winners.
1: Kershaw Kershaw got his. I'm feeling real nice about that. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm super happy he got his.
0: Now they can call our front office and trade for Frankie.
2: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) well, see, that was I. So Steve and I were actually talking about that. That's why I was rooting against them winning only because it. It was hard because Seeger just did. He just matched. It's so hard. I know. And I was just like, once you started doing that, I was like, well, there goes that trade. Never mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I would have assumed if they hadn't won, they'd have been more desperate to make like a big splash. But now that they won, they're like, cool, we're just going to retool and be good for the next decade again. So we don't need to do this. So uh, that's a good segue into the dark part of 2020 for the. You mean we didn't touch on the dark parts? (laughs) Yeah. Believe it or not there It gets darker uh and honestly, it's the same you know, I'll just start it off. It's the same b s that we deal with as Indians fans every single year. It's the offense,
2: and honestly it's the nineties it, too, that's what's so frustrating it's the what? The opposite of the nineties. Oh, the 90s, I know. Well, yeah, I know. The I know. greatest know. offense, like in the world. If we somehow put those two things hit. together, yeah. If we somehow
1: merge those generations together,
2: Steve, just imagine. I was literally imagining this starting rotation with that nineteen ninety five lineup. It's like you the win one hundred.
1: What is that? What was that? One hundred forty four game schedule, right? You yeah. win. You win one hundred forty three games. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's no other way. <laughs> I mean, it, the same. Holds true as it has for years and years now is the biggest like dark spot on this team is the outfield. It is they they continue to try piecing stuff together with like platoons, which like Chris and I have always talked about how much we like the uh, the Quinn Luplo uh platoon, which like when they're both healthy works honestly great. Is it gonna like blow your head off with the numbers? No, but it's very serviceable. What the problem becomes is that. They and honestly, over the last like two years, it could have been solved by just re-signing Michael Brantley. To and and that's really my biggest gripe with the front office is that you didn't just sign him to an extremely team-friendly deal that he took, even with the Astros. That would have solved all your problems because really, you don't have a solidified spot anywhere in the outfield. Everything is just up in the air. I would say because even like center field, you could be like, "Oh, I like the Shields, I guess," but then he makes. Weird plays, so you're like, well, wait, maybe Mercado, but he also hit like barely. 200. I don't even know if he hit 200 this year.
2: 190, I think. Like one, it was like guy. 190. It was like
1: 190.
2: I love the
0: guy, and yeah, it was it was below the windows line.
1: And but, Bradley but Zimmer, what? Bradley Zimmer's off this team. Like if you don't, if you don't think he's done, you're a fool because once he got demoted again, it was it was like Sia. And Jake Bowers didn't even sniff the roster this season. Unfortunately, half the guys you just listed might not even be on this team next year. So, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. But yeah, but you know yeah. that the like like Nayl okay Naylor is going to be a guy who's probably going to be one of your starting. He's going to be one of your starting outfielders. So you just got to see what you base. have. First That is also true. Yeah. Unless I am of the belief Carlos Santana signs a very team-friendly deal and comes back for another season, that is my one of my predictions for. Free agency, but that's true. I mean, you can always mix and match. You can always have him play first base when needed. But it's not as if you have enough depth in the outfield to even like have to worry about that. But I like like everybody's going to be like, oh, George Springer, like he's a he's a free agent. But I don't I don't think I mean it's a pipe dream. To yeah, think it means they're going to make
2: like a yeah, big. Yeah, where do we get the money for that? I mean, th- they have the money. That's what's so frustrating. It's like you're going to save twenty million dollars with Lindor. In like arbitration, you're going to trade him before you have to pay him. If you re-sign Santana but do a team-friendly deal, that also saves you. Like your payroll is going to be like in the fifty to sixty million dollar range. So theoretically, if they want to, if they want to cap it at seventy million or seventy-five, you might be able to get Springer. But I don't think they're going to spend it because they already said, like they already, you know, they're not because they already started floating like. The Dolans are just—they're—they're they're literally sleeping on the streets because of like the season being short. And it's like, give me, give me a break. You're fucking billionaires. Like everybody took a goddamn like haircut this season. You know,
1: like right. every—it's everybody. You even the, oh, thats the cover. That's the cover every team's going to use. They
2: were psyched about COVID, man. Like they're like, cool. Now we're not going to get shit about like re-signing Lindor. Like it's going to suck this season, but long term you're going to save 125 million dollars because you're not going to have to be forced to pay 200 million bucks for him. So you have one bad season of, like, profit, but then you know this season you're going to be at, like, 50% of your payroll from last season. So, like, they're going to earn their money back literally in two years. Right. Took the words out of my
0: mouth, I'll,
2: So I'll you, chime in, I'll chime in to... with some bad, too. Well,
0: and Steve alluded to it before with the bullpen down the stretch with, you know, I love Sandy, grew up with him, obviously, as we all did. He was, he was my favorite player when I was younger. But but those bullpen arms, they need they need that that sense of role and knowing where they're where and when they're going to be used. You can't be bringing Karen Checking in the fifth inning when he's been pitching the eighth all season right. long. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think next year he well he he could be closer. your closer. He could be yeah. your closer, and you know, Wickering can be your setup. I mean, not to get too down the line already with that stuff, but they need those established roles first and foremost. It starts there. Uh, for me, that was, that was the thing at the tail end of the season. Cause I was already past the offense being anemic,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it, it just, I you cr- become numb to just, it, yeah, uh, it, it,
0: it was hundred percent just numb to it.
1: I mean, this um, is like, what, isn't this like the third season in a row where Frankie Lindor cannot get a guy from, from second base in to save his life. What
0: were his numbers with running runners and scoring position in the last two years? I, I don't have I, him I, off the top of my head. But,
1: I'll have to find it. But it. I know this year it was like pain, just utter pain. I mean, and I think part of it's he's pressing. I think he's pressing. I think
0: he knows what's coming up. I think he's sure. trying to be the hero. I think he's trying to hit the five run home run every right.
1: time he comes up the bat. And I don't think, and I don't want to paint him as a guy who's like, oh, fuck this, I'm out of here. Like, it's not like that's not the case at all. Like, he really cares and wants to win, but it's like, the last two seasons, plainly obvious that the talk about moving him has affected his game.
0: Certainly, certainly has. I mean, and we could have used it this year too. You know, we could have used his, his normal, a normal season from him. We could have used the normal season from Carlos Santana. I think he's gone too, unless he does a, you know, minor league invite kind of one or two year, $10 million, you know, deal to to cap off his career here. It
2: was, Two hundred. He batted two hundred of runners in scoring position.
1: Jeez. Okay. Do you have it for twenty?
2: Uh, I think it was less. I think it was like one eighty nine.
1: Yeah, it was something. Uh, uh, I'll get
0: it. But I mean, thank God that the that the San Diego Padres were like, hey, we're gonna we remember nineteen fifties when we were your Triple A team. We're gonna help you guys these last two years and, and send you all these young promising players. So the yep. outfield has some problems i see some bright spots but like you said if we would have just signed michael bradley
2: it shows everything thinking, you, can have, you can even put reyes in right in uh, right field brantley on left and put two in center field or or mercado like there's so many let me t-
1: let me give you an alternate dimension that we currently could exist in there is somewhere out there an alternate dimension where we signed brantley to the same deal that the astros signed him to and we signed Marcelo Zuna to his one-year, eighteen million-dollar deal that he signed with the Braves this past season, and you would have been rocking with an with an outfield that had Brantley and Marcelo Zuna, oh and we win the World
0: Series. And and Marcat and Marcato is actually given a couple at bats to struggle through and get on on some kind of track. That's the one. That's another thing that I don't I don't think was talked about. Maybe they were patient enough with him. I don't think so. I mean, my, nothing against Delano Shields, but the guy has a noodle
1: for an arm. I'm sorry. He made also, he made some absurd made, defensive, like, missteps.
0: Yeah, I outfield. mean, and it was pretty, I mean, the timing couldn't have been worse. That was Tyler Naquin, you know, 2016. Yeah. uh, yeah. uh, uh two, yeah, 2016 you know, game six. Yeah, yeah, 2016-esque. Naquin, you know, being banged up for part of the season, you didn't get that you know, with the luck blow this year. Well, that was the
1: thing with the 60-game schedule is you don't have the luxury to let a guy like... No. A, a, you don't have the luxury of letting a guy like Mercado work his way through it, and then B, everybody was going through that. Like, there wasn't anybody in the lineup for the no. first, like, 20 games that was doing Jack other than that, Ramirez, I guess.
0: And, and to kind of compound matters, what, what are you going to do, send him to, to Eastlake to work on things against minor league pitching? In a in you know, no, in no game environment? You're not going to, I mean, you're only going to get so much better. You got to, I think, see the game. I mean, you got, it's, it's tough. I mean, these, these bench utility guys who can hit, you know, 280 for you, not playing normal time. Those dudes are, not I don't think ever valued enough because doing that is so tough. It, again, it gets kind of back to the bullpen thing. These guys need roles. They need to know what their role is. They need to know I'm going to be in the lineup six nights a week
2: getting my at bats yep it was it was under 200 i couldn't find the exact number but it was it was lower than uh 2019 i was gonna say i thought it was like two or like 189 or something like that a quick question though do you think tito being back i think that solves the issues with the bullpen like in terms of like like situation and, and getting and you're gonna get um uh uh the uh Clays, Class A. Class A. Uh, you, you're gonna get him back. So, I mean he'll he'll he's not gonna obviously be your immediate closer, but you know, he can be become a situational guy. Um, so like I think you have some like a lot of exciting options in the bullpen. Like, I'm not worried about any aspect of the pitching at all. Like at all. No. I, I think and they have so much depth play. on top yeah. of it too. Yeah, it's that we are we are just so like spoiled and wealthy with with the pitching. And the good thing is with a hundred and sixty-two game season, that's that's where you know, you're going to catch up to the White Sox and, and the Twins. Well, and that,
1: that's Such where you see people. that. Yeah, that's where you see that come to fruition that you've For got. is
2: isn't a like Cy Young finalist because he has eight starts.
1: Right, right. Exactly. And it's a guy that like, you know, he's never had a role like this. And maybe he is that. I mean, honestly, like maybe he he's always been a good pitcher. But yeah, this was a year of anomalies where you know, even Bauer in the NL, it's like, yeah, we all know Bauer very well. Like I, I don't, you know, he was having a great year a, an even better year than that year when he got hurt. But who's to say that that holds up? Even like Shane Bieber, like he might've had a few clunkers where every guy does like, yeah. Over that's 32 how
0: starts, you're going to have yeah. four you, or five bad outings.
1: Yeah. It's just how it is. And, but then, but then it's the guys who, okay, if I have, if I have one or even two bad outings in a row, do I stop the bleeding and pitch like a, you know, shutout or you know whatever and get back on track, or do I let it become a thing where now my ERA is ballooned to like three fifty? You know, so that you it, it just this was a year just like nobody has any clue. Well, um, the good the good thing is, I think the Indians have guys
0: who are all more of the, uh, you know, the mindset that they're going to bounce back.
1: Just yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean I think, Bieber, I think Bieber's we're an ace. Beaver's Bieber, like, you gotta lock that up. Oh, for you gotta, sure. You gotta it's the Indians' way of they gotta do the thing where they, you know, offer him the deal that buys out arbitration years and tax on, you know, it's the, the Jose Ramirez team friendly deal. Yep. even like Kluber got a good deal like that, a friend team friendly deal when they re signed him. Do you think so, it'll go for Kluber free agency? Dude, honestly, well, how mu- wh- how much how many more years does he have? Um, he's like 35. <laughs> Kluber, right? Yes. Yeah, he's like
0: 34, 35. And honestly with the last 2 years, 3 man, 3 more I, years you, maybe. You, you know what? I you know yeah, what? I, I I joke I'm I'm joke this is let me just preface so, this by by saying it, this is all joking. But let's he, get the
2: band back together. Well, I just mean for like this <laughs> starter. Yeah, he's looking this starter um cuz I knew his club option. He's on a club option for 2021. So like he isn't under contract, like the Rangers probably won't pick it up, and they so didn't. just okay they didn't. So yeah, so he's a free agent. Like they can they can offer him whatever they want, and you come back and like be your fifth starter, or you can even work him out of the bullpen. <laughs> like he can give you a couple good innings. I I'm not going to rely on him. I love Corey Kluber. He's like one of my favorite Indian pitchers of all time. I'm not going to rely on the dude to stay healthy though at at his age. Like it's just. Like, unless he's using whatever Verlander's using, like there's no way he's going to keep his arm <laughs> healthy. Hey, it for worked.
1: And, hey, it worked with uh, Carlos Santana. We shipped him away for a year. We brought him back. Yeah, and he had like an like the best year of his career in 2019. Yeah.
2: Do you, so, Okay, so so okay, so we're gonna go like looking forward. Do you guys okay. you just want to quickly go position by position and just like where what's the state of that position for people who I like, don't know? that well would that be helpful you think looking forward or like if we're going to target free agents there or we're going to rely on young guys
1: however you go however you want to do it well you know however you want to throw it your if you want to go by some positions you want to you want to think about because I I think uh, I I think if I were to think about it honestly there are only going into next year like a couple positions that I would say are even locked down and it's third base and catcher catcher (laughs) I mean that's really it because C- Cesar Hernandez is a free agent, yeah. So
2: and he had a good I, year too. So he's yeah. DH
1: is locked down too. Yeah, DH is locked down. DH is locked down as well. So yeah, all, strip, the all the outfield, literally all the outfield. First base, uh, shortstop is not. I mean, shortstop is absolutely not going to be Lindor. And then the pitching staff is what it is. So positionally, I would say you've only got like three locks in your lineup. The rest of you know two thirds of your lineup is open for debate and open for competition. God,
2: I don't know if that's, which is not the
1: worst thing. I mean, that is not necessarily a bad thing sometimes. Like would I wish that we had, like the Astros lineup that had like just five superstars that you just lock in. Sure. But it's a, the Indians are in like, a uh, okay. To get into where do we go from here? The Indians are in a bit of a, a state of flux. I always describe it as just retooling on the fly. We keep talking about not wanting to be the Pirates or the Tigers. And this is exactly what you do to not become that is you understand that this is why they traded Bauer and Clevenger when they did it. it, It's a, it may seem like a weird move, like, Oh my God, what are they doing? But what you have to understand is when you have a glut of talent at a certain position, obviously you do, you do what they did. But then also you have to understand that it's like, the time has come to make the move. Like Lindor is going to bring you a good return even now. Like you're going to get like two major league players plus two prospects, probably like, it's going to be like a blockbuster deal no matter the team, because that team gets a whole year of him. So there's no, it, 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 it's like, it may not be like the shattering one that it would have gotten like last season. Yeah where you could have just raided an entire team's farm system. But hey, man, it's better than getting nothing and he walks in free agency. So my thinking is, where we go from here is that I think you're probably going to have a couple seasons of growing pains. And then it, like, but it's not going to be like a 65 win season. I think what Chris was saying, it's like, you might have a few years where you win like 85 games and you you miss the playoffs. But like you you understand that, oh, hey, like, there were three guys that came up, maybe maybe two of them came up in like August and they like one guy raked. And I'm like really excited about uh, you know, hit him at uh, you know they have so many dudes that are so interchangeable at yeah. positions. So it could be like that situation where it's like, you know, you start to just feel a little more hopeful for the future. Um, I still think they contend next season because I don't know how you don't contend when you have a, a lineup that has Ramirez and Reyes in the middle of the order. With um, that pitch. yeah, with, with that, that pitch. pitching stuff, okay. like and and honestly, dude, I don't even know how it can get much more painful than it did this season,
2: and they still yeah, contended. Sure. Oh, you're totally right. And they, they also might just get lucky. Like, I mean, I know Cleveland isn't synonymous with being lucky, but people seem to really like the expanded playoffs, and the MLB might choose to expand the playoffs permanently. And if you do that, even those 85-win seasons, that probably gets you – at least competing, if not in as the eight seed. So like all of a sudden, right. like it doesn't even matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't matter if they're having those retooling years. If they have this rotation and it stays like relatively healthy, they should be constantly competing for a playoff spot if they expand the rota- the, uh, the uh, postseason. So
0: if the owners really did bleed money, playoffs are expanding next year again
2: or, or will, will remain at eight i could see and i do think they i do think they actually did i mean I, they did bleed money like that like, like as much as i yes. want to go Dolans. like they every even the, the um dodgers they bled a bunch of money this season and, and i mean how do you not with right. a stadium like
0: dodger stadium that holds fifty six thousand people you had no one there you know right. Right. For 82
2: games. Or and the 81. big room, which is like the parking lot. They They make like so much money off their freaking parking. Oh, done. yeah. It's crazy. TV. I mean, they
0: only made the TV money this year. All right. I mean, you weren't selling nearly as much merch. We could go down that, you know, concessions, all that fun stuff.
1: The Indians did remain. They always are one of the top 10 teams for like viewership on TV. And they yeah. were like, they're like five or something this year. Like they're always right up there. Like the region and the region supports they were like the team. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. The, the region supports the team. It's just that like, there's this very weird mentality that people have. And it's honestly, dude, if this, if this was a sport that uh, had a salary cap, you'd never hear it because people just see teams like the Yankees, the Phillies, the angels, the uh, Mets, in some cases, uh, Dodgers, whatever, blowing it out for these free agents and then you know they were like well why not us you know you're all billionaires too but not you know to the look- same
2: degree <laughs> yeah, also, I, I mean I just, you know, right, really right. Right. I just think it's really hard for a team that isn't just like a, a an international draw like the yankees or the red sox or the dodgers to have the consistent um uh attendance over the course of 162 games, it's like, it's really hard with how many options there are uh, in life now with like entertainment to go to a city. Because like, I know people more, a lot more people live downtown than, than used to, but still like you have to schlep downtown. Like on a weeknight, you have kids, you have to get, like, it's just, it becomes so difficult. And the weather sucks for like three of those months. Right. It becomes so difficult to like it. So it's just, that's why like the fans are like the fans care about the team. And that's why you see the, 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 uh, the games selling out, you know, in July, August, September, not only are, is the team competitive and still in the middle of a playoff race, but like the weather's finally nice. And, you know, like people who might be teachers, like you can go to games now or kids are off for summer break. So it, like, it makes total sense. Like, but those other teams, like you, you don't have like you have hundreds of millions of people visit new york city like from all over the world every year and it's like oh i want to see a yankee game because like that's the thing you don't have people coming from freaking like europe and asia to cleveland you know consistently being like oh i have to see the cleveland indians play uh like that's not a thing they're not coming to they're coming to los angeles to see like oh i want to see the dodgers you know from asia because you know th- there are so many uh, because of the '90s with like Hideo Nomo and like all the all the great uh, the pipeline from uh, from Asia. They became Dodger fans, and so you have these boat fans that are that are just from the travel industry, uh, from like tourism, going to games and helping them along the way. Where all these, you know, the the Royals, the the Reds, like that doesn't happen in those cities.
0: That is a good point. They're, they're they are events. You know, they are they are. Yeah. You know, events kind of unto themselves. Where, yeah, coming to the any Midwest city outside of maybe what Wrigley, yeah, you can make the argument, I guess, in um, you know St. Louis as well. You know, people aren't traveling to Milwaukee and going, "Hey, I need to see a Brewers game." No, right. They're like, I'd, "I'd rather tour like seven different breweries."
1: Exactly. You're yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. hey, Cleveland isn't necessarily. No matter what anybody tells you, who lives here, like. It's not. A, it's not really like a vacation hotspot. So nobody. Hey, I've har- seen cruise ships docked in the harbor, my friend. I've done okay. some cruise cruises. I've done br- cruise no, 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 cruises no, no, no. Cruises,
0: cruises, cruises. Yeah, Great Lakes cruises. They dock. Hey. They dock. I don't know. Who. I mean, they're they're I people are parents age. I think taking those cruises, but God bless I, them.
1: I would be very interested in knowing more about this.
2: <laughs> I, wonder, <laughs> I I to the, op- the dining options are probably insane. <laughs> They're very affordable, guys.
1: We can do a whole just episode. Hey. Maybe they can sponsor. Can we to... can go on the crew. We can we could do
2: a live episode from the ship.
1: Record on it yeah, record on the ship, on the barge. I'm sure it's just like it's just like a barge where you like live in the <laughs> sleep in the shipping containers.
2: How about when
0: how about when COVID is gone? We get one of these Great Lakes. Cruises, and we we petition Major League Baseball that the Indians have to play like a circuit um, uh, in Toronto, in Chicago, and in Milwaukee, in Detroit, (laughs) and we just follow the team via the cruise. That would be, but it's got it'll
1: take us three weeks to get there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course, of course.
0: I'll start. I'll I'll start writing emails to uh, Rob Manfred. It'll be the first thing he's done.
2: That I might agree with if he if he listens but to. Then we will hit bad weather, and then we'll be like two weeks behind the team. Like we'll be trying <laughs> to catch we'll up. It'd
0: be amazing. No. It, would, who thought this was a good idea?
2: Honey, I think I'm docked in Windsor. I'm not really sure where we are. <laughs> all the cities are starting to look the same. It's
0: that Midwest Great Lakes vibe. It's all so gray. <laughs>
1: In June. <laughs> <What>? uh, so, <laughs> putting that in my back pocket, we are going on a Great Lakes barge trip. Uh, I'll spring for it out of the robot bud budget. Perfect. Um, so <laughs> Just tell your tell your wives now, boys. <laughs> yeah, lock it in. The uh, I think the other thing that should make people you know happy going from here, and Chris, I'll let you, uh, you chime in on this one because I know you have some thoughts percolating. Yeah, but I do. Oof! I I'm excited because of the state of the AL Central too. Like I, we've talked about, the White Sox being what they are. Like they're going to be a lot of fun. Their offense is no joke, and they've got a bonkers amount of good ta- young talent. They've yeah. got the dude who like le- has led the league in batting average in and, uh, Tim Anderson, in a, in addition to like the, some of the most hyped prospects of the last five years. Uh, Quick aside. I love Tim Anderson. That guy is so
0: fun. Okay, he, he's I, he's great for baseball.
1: But go on. See, there's the, on. there's the thing. Tim Anderson is great for baseball, and I love him. And yet, you never hear anything about him. You never see him in anything. They don't. Uh, I'm, sorry, is, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. No, I mean, get, and I'm sorry. And we we'll, we should do an episode on this just because it's it's like we should do like our Ooh, that would be fun a mark like a breakdown of the most marketable players in baseball based on like how fun they are but i mean that's the thing is they they have a lot of guys that are are fun and play the game in a fun way that makes it exciting like as much as i freaking hate the white Sox, i like watching them play because like i love the talent that they've got on that team and it's fun to see them doing well like i mean i used i hate the white Sox going back to like the bobby jenks years when he like i just like oh dude those years in like the mid-2000s, I hated the White Sox. And I have a feeling I'll hate them again uh, because of this. So it's, it's a good rivalry. and But really, I would still argue that they are relatively unproven because a lot of times there's those lightning in a bottle years. Also, it was only 60 games. Yep. Show me it over 162. It's way different. And totally different vibe, especially when it comes to pitching because their bullpen is shaky at the moment, I would say. Uh, though they have a lot of young arms. Uh they have a lot of nice arms in that pen. So the power, power, uh, power yeah, arms, too. They do. So it's gonna be a good rivalry. And the twins are the twins, but you almost have to wonder if they're closing in on their window at the moment because Donaldson's hurt constantly, and they gave him like a decent deal. Uh Nelson Cruz is gonna be forty nine years old, so who even knows? And A couple guys had down years. That's how it works. Their bullpen is still really solid. So, hey, point being, AL Central is competitive, but it's not like it's the old AL East where the Red Sox and Yankees are winning 102 games. Like, I I just don't see it that way. So that should give people enough hope, too.
0: Yeah, I think we will see each of these teams kind of beat up on each other a little bit, as I think we kind of saw this year. You know, no one really, I mean, well, we kind of took in took care of the white Sox, but you know the other teams were you know 500 ball club against each of those but
1: and um, thank god we always have the tigers
2: oh we yeah we had the tigers and the royals um i mean yeah we crushed the tigers the twins definitely had our number this year they were pretty
1: annoying yeah but if we just again it's it was like we were our own worst enemy because you're right we, yeah we had the bats like just and, couldn't wake up against and heading into that last series
0: I think we were um think we were something like four and two against them heading into that last series and then we got swept by them
1: yeah it should tell you how insane this year was that teams were throwing the Indians fastballs because they knew the Indians couldn't hit them like our, <laughs> th- we were one of the worst teams at just hitting a hitting the fastball and maybe it was like a weird year the the like stop and start tr- spring training and like summer camp, I don't know, man, but it is like weird to me that a scouting report for an entire offense was like, yeah, just groove a fastball down the middle, they're not going to hit it, and that's killer, like if you can't hit a fastball, you can't hit jack shit, so <laughs> yeah, eventually it kind of got ironed out by the end of the season, but holy hell was that a rough ride <laughs> for like thirty games.
2: And it's—I mean—it is just really hard, though, when you're going into like at first, I was excited we had the Yankees because it was at at home, but then Steve and I talked about it, and it was just like you're relying on Bieber to basically be perfect that first game and us to like eke out two runs or something, and then hopefully it works out for game two or game three. But it's 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 really hard. I'm I'm like definitely optimistic, but it's also really hard knowing that like. Cool, we win our division, and and baseball is such a long like slug of a season. Then what's waiting for you, the Yankees or the the Rays? And then Ooh, probably, you know, I'd like that. Yeah, and probably a retooled Astros, uh, and then like yeah, the Astros, Athletics. Astros are done; they're cooked. But yeah, you're going to hear first. I don't, I don't yeah. want. I don't want either of them. Like. Yeah, no, you're right.
1: I mean, you're right. The Yankees are going to be there for years.
2: Yeah, they're, they're just like, uh, every guy on their their lineup can hit 30 home runs and it's just, give me two of them. Like, I'm cool trading Lindor to the Yankees if we can just get one or two of their bats. Like, just to give us some bats, because Lindor didn't show up at all last year. In the playoffs,
1: right? Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chris?
0: Well, Kind of piggybacking off that, too. I mean, there just the one quick thing that that Fabs kind of jogged in my memory, uh, I believe it was like Forbes came out and said the biggest predictor of playoff success is batted balls. Just putting balls in play, not striking out. And the Yankees have this switch where a guy can – to hit two sixty on the season and crush forty four home runs, forty five home runs on a normal season, and then come playoff time, he's hitting three sixty. Yep, they just become you know professional hitter. They you know they're like okay, yeah, here flipping the switch. And the yeah. Indians had, I mean, and and part of the problem I think with the Indians going to this the the youth movement and retooling and not having a guy like a Michael Brantley who is capable of you know, just putting the darn ball in play, Yeah, is that we were pressing, that we were taking, you know, fastballs down the middle of the plate. So hopefully over time that that works itself out. I mean, I'm just looking at the the current roster and and depth chart, if you will. And, I mean, first of all, I also want to just mention the pitching depth next year is insane. We haven't even talked about about guys like Cal Quantrill or Jeffrey Rodriguez. Yeah. 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 Those are two guys that I'm just I I, I maybe I spent too much time thinking about it,
1: but I'm like those I are two I think you might be the only person who's talked who's thought at all this year about Jeffrey Rodriguez, but he showed some stuff a couple and, years ago.
0: And and the stat that he he had was his batting average the first time through the lineup was ridiculously low.
1: Teams were hitting, like, 180 against him or something. Are we talking about one of those, like, are we doing, like, openers now?
0: Not even an opener, but, like, an Adam Miller-type role where he can come out of the bullpen and give you an inning and a third. He can give you two innings, maybe. But those are two guys right there where I'm like, man, you know, they're not Adam Miller, as Adam Miller was in 2016. But, hey, in two, three years, who's to say that they don't become that? And I'm just... Again, yeah. I've probably put way too much thought in, in this than anybody outside of the front office
1: needs to. But this yeah, is... Cal Quantrill, the, they want him to be part of the team, man. Like, that's why there have been rumors about Crasco being traded is because they feel exactly. like, they like they like him as a starter. They like him as a starter. But you know what?
0: The kid dominated out of the pen, too. Yeah. You know, in that, in that kind of role. And, and the fact that we have a couple guys that could potentially, ha- you know, be there... I mean that's again. I've probably put way too much thought into it. Even just bringing it up on the podcast today is probably too much time spent on it. But
1: no, I wouldn't I'm, have bet that we would have mentioned Jeffrey Rodriguez. We got we got deep <laughs> on the first episode. I mean, and, and the bullpen that's depth the quality we bring to the table here.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, hey, and I mean before I go much further, I, you know, I want to talk on the things that we don't need to talk about, the pitching and and, and a couple of the position spots, but you know, the bullpen depth. Next year, on paper, looks, yeah, it's it's got me feeling a certain way that um, I haven't felt about the bullpen in a long time, and it's <laughs> it's, it's one with confidence. I'm not going to be sitting on the edge of my seat, you know. Brad Hand, for as good as he was this year, I was having flashbacks to Joe Borowski I think, yeah, or those later I, Bob Wickman years, or the uh, Bob Wickman. I nah. think I was crushing a six pack those some of those ninth innings just because I was so anxious and well, and that's scared. The,
1: that's the thing is it's Brad hand had good numbers this year, but if you're somebody who watches the Indians on a nightly basis, it's, Oh wait, he also like loaded the bases, got the guy to three and two because he couldn't throw a slider for a strike. And then like, got the guy to roll one. Yeah. And it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes your overall stats look pretty nice that you did that. Thank
0: God we had the gold glove defense that we did this year.
1: Yeah, literally, the best defense in baseball.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, Jose is Jose. I mean, that like like I said, that guy is the heart and soul of the team. Uh, I mean, enough said there. If he finishes anything beyond second place in the MVP voting, I got I got some questions for the voters. Choice And words. then Reyes. Yeah, and choice words. And then Reyes at DH. I think,
2: Steve, you mentioned it. Like, the dude's going to mash. And I'm yeah. Just so pumped. I, yeah, I'm psyched for him. That's a, like... Yeah, that's got me thinking like ninety five vibes. Like you just like exactly. you can like fit into that lineup and not yep. kill children in a, in a neighborhood during trick or treat, like Albert Bell. Hey, those kids um, shouldn't you rem- have messed
0: with you. Remember that? Oh, I thought I was the only one. I I, think, I, think I loved Albert Bell, and then he was a crazy person. Growing up in Northeast Ohio, I mean, just hearing the stories—you know, like I could get ran over by Albert Bell on Halloween. Like, <laughs> as an eight-year-old, like you're like that's kind of cool. As an adult, you're like, wow, that guy.
1: I miss yeah. crazy guys like that. I I, 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 we need more like psychos in baseball. We do. these days
2: there are a but lot of it could have been. young guys though with like there are a lot like, of fun throwing bats in the air and shit i love it
1: see it's super fun because now this era is like young dudes who are just like off with like all the swag in the world just like kicking ass and like not giving a shit who they offend yeah and i think when i mean i think we need more psychos i think it's only because the 90s everybody was on roids and so <laughs> that might have played a part
0: just i don't know
1: <laughs> I don't know if that played a, a role in the fact that guys were like punching holes through the walls in the clubhouse, or guys were climbing through uh, the rafters to steal corked bats. Cork from bat. the clubhouse, dude. The nineties, the nineties and early two thousands, it was like corked bat golden era. Because like Sammy Sosa had the corked bat, Albert Bell had his corked bat. Like nobody's corking bats anymore. It's no, kind of a sh- it's a
0: shame. No, but well, you bring you bring up you bring up a point, Steve. That was a perfect transition. I, I, I mean. I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I know Steve and I have many Eight. discussions about prospects, and uh, I think that's one thing that our show will offer that uh, you might not get on some of the other podcasts is that uh, maybe we love prospects too much. As Peter Gammon says, yeah. they are prospects for a reason. So, I mean, until they pan out they're you know. But this team, with some of the trades they've made, I have my concerns, but I'm also optimistic. I think one hole at second base is actually gonna happen is gonna be filled internally by Mike Freeman. Tyler Freeman. I'm Tyler sorry. Freeman, yeah. yeah. Okay. Although Mike I do. Dude, although I no, love actually, Mike Mike Freeman. Freeman. Mike Freeman might start the season. They might. They might. There might be some time manipulation there. Oh,
1: that's so. going su- to be supremely grim if he's so, on your opening, so. <laughs> like opening day lineup. But you, but you know
0: what? I, I don't mind him on the roster. I, I, I don't know if I, I, I mean, want him starting. Yeah. Because yeah, he's the perfect utility guy. Oh, he's great. He's great, but I think Tyler Freeman's gonna ultimately be our second baseman of the future. Yeah, all the all that kid does is rake. He's yeah. not gonna be hitting. You know, everybody needs to calm down. He's not gonna be hitting twenty five home runs. He's gonna get you probably a dozen to fifteen home runs. I'm I'm, I'm a, from the from what I've seen scouts, you know, saying, but the kid's gonna hit probably close to three hundred to
2: three twenty maybe. And that's yeah, you know? I mean that's all I want because the dude's gonna bat, but probably second. And like, yeah, give me hopefully down the line. Yeah. Yeah, down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Get on base and then like give uh Ramirez and, and Reyes the opportunity to like get you in. Like that's I yeah, I just want guys on base. Because like we yeah. have a couple of guys who can actually like, you know, hit home runs. Even like Perez, you know, Perez is healthy. He's capable of hitting twenty to twenty-five home runs, like late in the lineup. I'll take that from like and and you're talking about a second baseman and catcher. Like those aren't your traditional, like, yeah. like heavy hitting guys. Um So if I well, can get that from them, like I'll I'll take it for sure.
0: Steroid era, I think, got us all accustomed. So <laughs> yeah, you're right; that's true. So and 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 even Austin Hedges, if he makes the team, that's another guy who's kind of cut kind of the same mold as Perez, a little bit younger. But I mean, he's going to hit, you know, probably just a hair over 200, but. You know, he could hit 10 home runs and a backup duty. But I'm going to skip shortstop for a second. already talked about third base. The outfield, whether it be Naylor in left or or Bowers or a guy Ooh, we get in a trade or something, I think that's going to get figured out. Left field, I have a suspicion, is going to be where our everyday dude goes. That's just my two. I don't. I don't know anything that
2: anybody doesn't know. Or also, you want that though, because the Indians have that wonky big fence. So yes. you want someone who's consistent at playing it. Right field, we have like the most normal right field in like the league. Of course. So of just course. like yeah, Platoon there. And then he Lakewood, has
1: been a fine right fielder. Hmm? He he's, he's been fine. yeah. If they bring him
0: back though, that's I think that's one thing. There's a there's a couple guys that are arb eligible. Yeah. I am I'm not 100% sold that they're going to be brought back or they might get packaged in a deal with potentially Frankie. I mean that's true. Again, I'm sweeten that deal. I think there could be some sweeteners there. You know, I mean, does Tyler Naquin get anybody really all that jazzed up? Does Delano get anybody all that jazzed up? No, but you know, you, you saw that last year with the Rangers tossing in Delano. And, right. You know, and Delano to an NL team kind of makes the perfect sense, especially if they don't have the DH again next year which i've heard that they might revert back to pitchers batting so you're going to get those wonky uh you know double switches mid game late in the game where he's a fine defensive replacement you know he might get in that bat you could put him on base yep steal a bag here or there i love oscar mercado yeah, I, you, I you are you are I, always carrying for the you. oscar mercado I, fan club i like club. him too i like I'm, him too I'm, I might be the president of that fan club, Fabs. I will. Uh, I can anoint you VP. I'll take it. Um, but I think with him and Reyes last year, you start to see saw something with the team where there you're going to see.
2: I just looked up his batting I, average last year. We were way too favorable. He batted one twenty eight. Oh my god! <laughs> it
1: was it <laughs> one? Oh no. How many at bats? It had to, Yeah, uh, it, was it was not many. It was not many. I mean, um, shoot, bad. Eighty six is still that's pretty bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought it was like one sixty two.
2: Yeah, honest. I was like, oh, well, was the it like uh, a shade under two hundred? Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. I was. I mean, twenty nineteen is a twenty nineteen was a pretty good like rookie year. I mean, he, didn't so he what? finish third? He finished third in the voting too for rookie of the year. I yeah, he uh, batted two sixty nine, uh, basically a three twenty on base uh 15 stolen bases, 54 RBIs, 15 home runs and only 115 games, and was like very good defensively. So I mean yep. I think I'm a, I'm gonna attribute last year, just for the sake of like not having to find another outfielder for this team, yes. uh it being a 60 game season. Because if if he fills your void at center field, Thank that's God one less, just that's like, one that's, less thing that you gotta find in, in the offseason. And if, so, like play that out though. Okay, so you do your platoon in right field, you have him in center, and then left field, if you can just say like we're gonna make a trade with it's Lindor. Josh, it would but it would be Josh Naylor. It would, but like unless you make a trade. Like you're you're trading Lindor, so or, you get a left Or field you right. move
0: or you move Naylor to first base and let Naylor battle it out with, with maybe Bobby Bradley, or um what's Bobby actually, Bradley's story? He was supposed to be geez, like, the guy. Like two years yeah. ago. So, I mean, he's still very young. We've been hearing about Bobby Bradley, I feel, since like the time he was like 17 years old. Yeah, so it just feels like he's like 32, but he's right, like 23. Yeah. Um, that is like super young. So he's still super young, but I yeah, think he's still just 24. The, it's the strikeouts. It's the strikeouts.
1: <laughs> and it's, yep. I think he's going like to That's a dude who's going to strike out 200 times in a season.
0: Which, but, but looking at a lot of these guys coming up, he's kind of the outlier. To a lot of those guys, because a lot of those guys are, you know, even in the minors, they're hitting two ninety.
1: So I, you well, know, you, and in, you today's, it up. in today's like today's age, that's dude, dude who just strikes out and hits homers is not a problem. No, for, no, for most. But, but you're I right; mean, we have a lot of guys who hit it for average in the minors. Yeah,
0: and, and I would like to see a lot some of those guys come up. And I think it was the um, I think I was doing a uh, just a dive on the. 05 season and if you go back and look at that team that team had a batting like a team batting average of like 280 like yeah. no one mashed on that team all the dudes were around 20 some home runs they all had you know 265 to, to 295 batting average and i think that's what you could see with a lot of these young guys coming up because let's say our marcado goes back to the 2019 version we got daniel johnson who i i'm Again, we haven't even talked about him. We haven't even talked about him. I think he is, I think maybe next year what we see is a platoon to start the season as a guess. But he's another guy who could who who on paper seems to be a 270, you know, project as a 270 hitter with some decent pop, with some speed. And my goodness, you know, if we can just find another decent, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll say kind of masher, you know, just stick out in left field who doesn't you know, commit seventy-five errors. <laughs> right. You know. Our bar so is incredibly high. <laughs> but you know what? maybe it is Naylor. Maybe it is Naylor. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But I mean you're taught, you're, of, this is
1: music to my ears, man. Cause you know me, I'm I'm horny for those 2014 and 15 Royals teams. Yeah. Those were and, those were dudes that just put the ball in play.
2: Yeah. Exceptional defense and just a power Fucking loaded bullpen where it's just like, just mm-hmm. started into the sixth inning and then it's just, the game's over. It's done. Yep. And That's- with the pitching we have, there's
0: no reason
2: that if if, if this
0: hypothetical, you know, plays out and these got all these prospects pan out, like we're I'm saying, you know, there's no reason we can't sustain this for another six years. No, you For right. these guys. And then then on top of that, then you have more (laughs) prospects coming down the line because all of our decent prospects are 19
2: years old. Yeah. And you know, like that's the thing, like we, you, or or exceptional, I should say the thing you, you start, you guys led with on this, this part of the pod was the idea of prospects. And until the Indians prove that they can no longer have the Midas touch when it comes to like identifying talent via trade. Like I'm gonna believe in the prospects. Like I know some of them haven't panned out, like Matt Laporta immediately springs to mind. But like for the most part, every time they do those um ESPN like top hundred trades, the Indians have like 15 of them where they just got like random dudes added to a trade who then become Cy Young, like Cliff Lee, Corey Kluber, and and Michael like, Brantley. Oh, yeah, Michael Brantley. And so like, that's, that's how they, that's how they win. They, they groom good young pitching and they, they, they win on these trades. So I got to think a couple of these guys are going to pan out. We still haven't even talked about it, And we will in the next one, the Lindor trade that can net you an immediate starter or maybe two. And that might solve one of your outfield position woes right there, because there are endless scenarios we'll go through um, with Lindor, like where he could end up. But you were going to, Chris, you were going to circle back to shortstop. So I'm actually super curious of, like, what you're thinking. Well,
0: about. well the shortstop, and then you kind of alluded to it, I think that's going to be kind of filled by a indoor trade. You okay. know, again, I, I referenced spending too much time on the, on the Mets. And the only reason I spent time on the Mets is because new ownership, they don't have the world's greatest prospects, but they got a couple. Um, they got a couple Dude, guys that take, are young. Um, who, you know who I would take from the Mets is that Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith would look really nice because he's, played, would, a little, he's would played a little. He's a little bit of left. That. He's played a little bit of left. I, I mean, Jeff McNeil's another guy that I kind of like because he's versatile. He's not as much of a masher. And I think if you, I think if you got one of those two guys and one of their shortstops, either
2: oh, I'm looking at Dominic Smith Jim, right
0: now. Jimenez, Jimenez, or Rosario. I believe is the other one. Oh, uh, Ahmed. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I'm Andrew Rosario. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I think, I think that's, I mean, maybe straight up, maybe that's like the best we could get for a Lindor trade without going too deep into this. But I think there's some sweeteners that we could make, you know, with a pitcher or one of these aforementioned, you know, outfielders that would fit perfectly into the national league. Again, that might net us a little bit bigger of a haul. So, I mean, shortstop. I think is kind of TBD. Maybe Yu Chang starts there this year. And I mean, Chang. I mean, Chang's put up some. Again, we. I mean, uh, as an aside, I've seen some games in the desert and balls just fly out there in the desert like they don't here in Northeast Ohio. But I remember a couple of years ago, Chang just having some bombs in spring training. I like him. You know, I, I like. I do too. I, and he's still no. young. Yeah, he's still young. Um there's a there's a free agent out there that I'm really really excited about. I teased you guys about this and he's kind of a he's showing up on top 10 top 20 lists of free agents, but I'm going to probably butcher his name but Ha Sung Kim from Korea. OK, there's like a 25 year old shortstop who, by all accounts, would be a top 100 prospect if he were in the majors from everything I've been reading. Dude just rakes. And he's got some power over there now, too. Now, granted, do it. the Korean League isn't necessarily a you know one for one move. It's not a lateral move. You know, a lot of of scouts. He probably does a lot of bat flips too. So I'm like, I'm all in on that. Well, I mean, they, and those guys have fun. If we're going to talk about fun, you know, those, those, the, a lot of the uh, Asian players, especially over in the Asian leagues, they love the bat flips. They love the the chance. Did you
1: see that? Did you see that? Uh, I can't, I don't know what league it was in, but the center fielder made it look like (laughs) he gave up a home run. Yes. Yes. Like, and then he actually caught the ball and then, made the guy run around and circle the bases as if he hit a home run and didn't show that he had caught the ball until the dude went
2: all around and Peter scored. Peter Gammons asked for that person to be executed in the middle of, like, <laughs> old the old I grounds. actually, I actually get the sense,
1: unless I'm wrong, Peter Gammons, I get the sense, is, like, okay with that stuff. Okay. I, I don't, He's, he must be. I kind of get the, that same vibe. He's now not what I will one say, of the older crowd Yeah. I will say the having been around that world uh, for a few seasons when I was with the AP, the Baseball Writers' like Association, they treat it like they're the like the goddamn uh, Cardinals choosing a pope. Like they they feel like they their role is the most reverent piece of society because like you had a bunch of guys, there were a bunch of baseball writers who were real pissed about Tony La Russa coming back to manage because they were like well, we already voted him into the Hall of Fame. So this is a disgrace. So oh, like you you know you've got guys that are that upset about like that. So
2: yeah, they ripped Fernando Tatis for like a week for swinging when the bases were loaded on a 3-0 ball.
1: You Which just, I, you loved, yeah, I, I loved. I I'm a Fernando Tatis believer and fan for life. I Let's know since you got the ball.
2: Yeah, right here.
1: Yeah, there you go baby. I love that thing. Slam, um,
0: slam, Diego, man! Oh yeah, that run that's, that they oh, were on. So that team I'm was so yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's a lot of young dudes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hey, hey, be hey, if anybody, if anybody in their front office ever listens to this episode, um, I'll take more of your farm hands than ours. Oh yeah, you send them over. You, yeah. Thank you for Mill Reyes. Thank yeah, you yeah, for Framio for 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 Quantrill for uh, Naylor. It looks like. God, I mean, I, and you're welcome. You're welcome for Greg Allen. Yeah, hey, I think Greg Allen. I, you know, no, um, I, I was, I liked Greg Allen a little bit, I, I, but I, I, I thought never he was a more, Never got a fair shake. Never got a fair shake. I kind of always thought he was more of a fourth outfielder. Yeah, kid gets to go home to San Diego. I think he'll. I think he'll fit in perfectly. That's a huge outfield for him to roam, and I think as a fourth outfielder, you know, maybe because uh, they got the kid who was just who just won the golden glove out in center field there. Yep. Um, whose name escapes me right now. But um, you know, I I think it's a good fit for him. Hopefully he finally gets a little bit more uh playing time, but uh he had no spot
1: here. Yeah. No matter what. He must have I think he must have like, I don't know, pissed in Francona's Cheerios. Cause he was he was he followed the long line of guys that could never get into his good graces.
0: I'm not and that's saying that's, something this year because, I mean, Terry was up in the clubhouse. I don't know if he made it down or t- in the uh, press box and uh, suites, I should say. He wasn't even in
1: the clubhouse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, he pissed in Sandy's Cheerios. He must have <laughs> really taken a dump or something in there. Uh, so, wrapping things up, uh, breathe easy, Indians fans. It's not so bad. It was a weird year, lots of good. There were a lot of frustrating things, as always, with the offense, but. I think there are some good things on the horizon. So we're wrapping things up with episode number one. Thank you for listening. Uh, We are coming back at you with, uh, we're going to do our deep dive on uh, Frankie Lindor's potential destinations for 2021 because I can assure you it's happening. So the Indians have already told teams it's happening. They've already put out the feelers. Please prepare yourself emotionally because he's gone. Uh, On that fun note, we will uh, catch you guys later.